0: Welcome to Happy Hunters. We're your hosts, Jonathan and Molly. Today's interview is with Nicole Rohr, a woman who experienced great loss in a short period of time, which encouraged her to shake up her entire life and pursue her joy.
1: Oh my God. Like I, I was hearing all those things before, but I get it now. Like I get like, whoa, Nicole, this is your life. This is your life. This isn't a game. You have to make some real decisions. Is this what you want to do? Is this how you want to spend your life? And it wasn't.
0: We are excited to announce one of our partners for this week's episode, Nut Pods. We are obsessed with adding this into our coffee and tea. For those of you who are unfamiliar with Nut Pods, it's a certified vegan, dairy-free creamer made from coconut cream and almond butter, and it is delicious. Nut Pods has made our transition to a plant-based lifestyle so much easier. It's perfect for coffee, tea, smoothies, and even other recipes. As a special offer for Happy Hunters listeners, they're offering 15% off their website. Just use the code Iconoclastic Wellness, all caps, at checkout. That's Iconoclastic Wellness on nutpods.com to get 15% off your entire order. Today's episode features Nicole Rohr, who suddenly realized life was short and decided to take ownership of her happiness. She chose to leave a great paying salary to stay home with her children despite the fear of not having enough money or knowing how her and her husband would make ends meet. Today, Nicole loves her life and practices staying in the moment, enjoying each day instead of worrying about what's next. Hi, Nicole. We invited you here to Happy Hunters because we are in awe of your perspective about life, how you've overcome challenges, and how committed you are to choosing happiness. You were a high school English teacher for 12 years and recently transitioned to being a stay-at-home mom. You provide care and education for not just your children, but two additional children. You place a high priority on exercise, and you love reading and being out in the sunshine. You are constantly seeking ways to enhance your happiness and contentment, and we're so excited you're on the podcast today.
1: (laughs) Oh, that's so nice. I'm excited that you're including me in this.
0: So you told me that you had an extremely tough two years where you suffered two miscarriages, you lost three grandparents, your dog died, and you were feeling invisible at work. All of this actually empowered you to leave your job and show up in a new way as a mother. How did these experiences lead to following your heart and happiness instead of going in a different direction of depression?
1: I, I think there was a great deal of depression and sadness that I had to go through um, in order to, to, you know, reach the light at the end of that tunnel, primarily with losing my grandparents, whom I was very, very close with. I realized every single cliche that you ever hear, and you hear it, you hear it your whole life. You only live once. Life is such a blessing. You need to, you know, do what makes you happy. It all end in in a blank. And you hear all these things over and over again. But when you lose three people in in such a short span of time it all becomes so real it's like oh my god like I, I was hearing all those things before but I get it now like I get like whoa Nicole this is your life this is your life this isn't a game you have to make some real decisions is this what you want to do is this how you want to spend your life and it wasn't I was in a job where I was completely unhappy I felt completely underappreciated completely found invisible like it didn't even matter if I showed up to work I knew that I I wanted to be home with my kids I knew that's what would make me happy I, I didn't have the courage to do it for the longest time and that's maybe where a special friend sort of <laughs> gave me um, a real push so I think surrounding myself with you primarily but some other people gave me the courage to just say you know what I'm gonna take this leap and I'm going to leave this really well paying job <laughs> um, with benefits and summer's off and it's down, it's, it seems so great um, on paper but I'm going to leave it to do what I, I think is truly going to make me happy and people ask me all the time Did you, do you think you made the right choice and there's not one day that goes by not one day and I'm not even exaggerating not one day where I don't stop and think, thank God I made that choice.
0: I know, for me, figuring out where I wanted to go was a little difficult. How did you know, like, I wanna stay home with my kids? Or like, instead of leaving your job and maybe going to a different job or going part-time?
1: It was a journey to get to, get to that. Um, at first, before I had my first son, 2011, I was unhappy at that. I stayed at that place uh, just way too long. Um, but I was unhappy back then. And so I was I was thinking of other options. And then I got a promotion at work. And I thought, well, now I'm making some really good money. I'll just suck it up. I had a, like an insane year of postpartum depression. And I really think that played a huge role in that. Because it felt so unnatural for me to leave him. And we didn't leave him in a daycare at first. We left him with another woman, like how I watch children from my home. I have resented her so much. I remember one day I went to pick up Nate and she um she told me that he took his first step. And I, I missed it. Like, I missed that. And, and there was a million of those things where I thought, what am I doing here? Like, I am leaving him all day. And, you know, it's dark when I'm leaving him and it's dark when I'm picking him up. They go to bed so early, you come home and you eat a little bit of dinner, you give them a bath, read them a book, and they're in bed. I'm missing everything. And then on the weekend, it's almost like I was playing catch-up, like trying to bond with him. And then it was a whole weekend of, of not really seeing him. It just felt so unnatural to me. I always had a suspicion that I wanted to be a stay-at-home mom. I would make jokes about it. I was born in the wrong generation. You know, I should be at home in a big skirt, you know, with a a roast in the crock pot. You know, I would make jokes about it. But it turns out, you know, not the roast and the (laughs) skirt part, but it turns out that the other stuff was true, that I'm a homemaker. At least right now, what feels good to me is keeping my world really small. Right now, keeping the people that I interact with Um, that circle really small and just being inside of my home um, and making it a home for my children and my husband. It brings me joy.
0: Is that feminist? I
1: don't know.
0: (laughs) I think feminism is the choice, right? That's how I view it. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you're making the choice that we are allowed to make the choices that feel good, that it doesn't put us back or put us back in time. It just means that that's what we're called to and that we have the power today to choose to work or choose to stay home.
1: Yeah, I completely agree. Um, And so like, and people ask me all the time, would you go back to teaching? You know, what are you going to do next? And I just say like, I'm just enjoying this right now. I feel like for so long, since high school, I've been thinking like, what's next? What's next? What's next? What's the next move? Gotta have a five-year plan. What's happening? What's happening? And for the first time, I'm at peace. I'm good right now. I, and I'll get back into that mode again. And I know myself and I know that I will. But I'm good right now. So I just want to enjoy it. I just want to be in this moment. Because I've, I feel like I've been working towards this moment for so long. I don't want to waste it thinking of something else.
0: I feel like for so many of us, the decision kind of feels like it comes down to money or happiness or happiness you think money is neutral, that it can't bring happiness or unhappiness. But what kept you was security. Maybe not even money, yeah. just security.
1: No, it was the money. It was absolutely, they just kept <laughs> throwing money at me. And I just kept saying I wanted to leave. And I, I it was like, a, it was insane. It's like, it was very tempting. Um, We can spend, uh, you know, we can go back, you know, and not have to worry. I can buy, you know, all these clothes and makeup and all these, things that like don't even mean anything that's all that money was doing it was extra you know I mean sure we were putting stuff away and putting money away for the kids in college and all that crazy stuff but most of it most of that extra money it was just spent on stupid stuff it was stuff that I guess I thought was making me happy there are so many people who who have you know millions and they're miserable it it doesn't matter the money the money isn't isn't what's going to make you happy you know you have to find that within yourself and and I stress about it I'm not going to lie I do I, I sometimes I, I lie lay awake at night thinking about it but when you don't really think about it it just kind of finds a way of coming in your life and it's like crazy like it always all works out it always does and that's what makes me know that money is not important all going to work out. Um, Because we're making significantly less as a household, but we couldn't be happier.
0: I know that we struggle with money thoughts and the exact same thing, like what you were talking about, right? So it's just like we always have enough. And Mm -hmm. we always, if we have less, then we spend less. If we have more, then we spend more, like you said. Just, you know, we live within our means and the means keep changing. And, you know, we can get caught in that trap of like, I need money because I mean we you do. (laughs) You do need it. You do do need need it. it. And it's so confusing. And I I think it's so healthy the way you describe it. It's like money being neutral. You know, it can't bring you happiness. It can't bring you unhappiness. You need it. But it's not going to fill any voids. It's not going to bring anything else except for, you know, financial security, which is important. So okay, you obviously know me and you know that I am not a mom. So my perspective on motherhood is obviously very different than yours. You have three children. But motherhood seems really difficult and challenging to me. It seems... I know. It seems that way to you. <laughs> and it's, about it. it seems sacrifice after sacrifice. It's an opportunity to be selfless. And it just it's terrifying to me. But you don't just love it. You described it as your ultimate joy. And I know you, and you are happy as a mom. It's completely evident. So is it also hard and difficult for you? And how do you find yeah. the joy in those moments?
1: It's, the, it's every single day is, is whew, it is a challenge every single day. And I don't even take it day by day with them. I take it hour by hour because the biggest challenge with me and my children is my patience, my um, instinct to react instead of act. When Elliot, you know, has a toy, to small, and he gives it to his baby brother, my instinct is to grab his hand and yell at him. I need to, I, I have to work on that, and, and that's the constant challenge for me, and just taking a breath. My whole, like, mantra this whole year has been peace, patience, and gratitude. That patience thing is just me just, hold, like, take a breath. Okay. And then all it takes is that one breath. And then I can sort of handle it in a way that I'm not traumatizing my child. um, By, like, yelling in his face and grabbing his tiny little hand. Am I the best mom? Absolutely not. Do I make mistakes every single day? You bet I do. But... I love it. I love it. And it, it's just, they are my happiness.
0: Being around them is, is what makes me happy and, and joyful. So you are happily married. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but you believe you believe that successful relationships are built from constant work. Being happily mm-hmm. married doesn't mean easy, e- being mm-hmm. easily married. And when you shared with me about your marriage, you said, there are times I leave my happiness up to him And then Uh I'm disappointed by what happens. It's a lesson I keep learning. My happiness Mm -hmm. is up to me. What do you mean by that? Do you have an example of when you left your happiness Uh, up to him? Yeah, I can give you one from last night. I mean, it's (laughs) (laughs) this
1: is. But last night, we put the kids down to bed and we usually get a few minutes at night, just the two of us, just to sit in the living room and talk. I look forward to it. He took forever in his shower, his nighttime routine. I don't know. It took him forever to get downstairs. And I was tired. Baby's had a cold. He was up the night before. I was tired. I was ready to go to bed. So instead of me calling my mom and maybe filling 20 minutes of time to talk to her or picking up the book that I'm currently reading, anything, putting on a TV show for 20 minutes, I sat there for 20 minutes. I just resented him for not coming down. <laughs> and I just sat in it. I sat in that feeling. And I didn't make a move to change it. I relied on him to read my mind because I expect him to do that. To read my mind and say, Nicole's waiting for me downstairs. And come downstairs and talk to me for 20 minutes. He had no idea. So when I came up, he was like, you're going to bed? I'm like, "Yeah." You know, got the short answers, whatever. And then I told him, I was hoping to talk to you about Game of Friends. <laughs> like, we didn't get a chance to talk about that yet. You, you know, like, I'm sorry. And I told him, you know, I really look forward to those talks that we have at night. And now I have to go to bed. I, I actually read, and I don't even remember where I read it. It was like this unhealthy thing that, like, we put on our spouses in, like, modern times where we expect them to be our husband our wife our best friend our confidant our entertainment the father of our children everything we expect them to be and it's unrealistic I don't have to rely on him for all of that all the time he can't be all of it all the time so I have to recognize that he's a human being and right now he was upstairs folding his laundry. <laughs> that's what he was doing. And that's okay. Like Those types of things happen all the time. If I'm having a rough day and I think he's going to walk in that door, and it's going to be better when he walks in because I'm going to have some help. I've been at home with the kids all day. I got nothing left in me. But when Josh walks in the door, it's going to be better. And when it doesn't, I get resentful. Like I get upset with him. But I'm learning. it's one' more. I'm, I'm working on it. He had a long day too. He bring a whole set of baggage from the day in the day out. And we know that we have to communicate to make sure that we know where the other one is.
0: It's hard work. so you said you you're working on it, protecting your happiness, you know, not yeah. relying on him, not leaving it up to yeah. him. Yeah, what are you what does working on it mean? Is that why you recently started meditating?
1: For Lent, Catholics are supposed to like give something up. But the mass before Lent um, that we were at, the priest was like really cool, and he was, you know, talking about how you know giving something up has become so corny. Oh, I'm giving up chocolate, or I'm giving up wine, or I'm giving up my favorite TV show, and it's like, what is that? You know, that's not that's not helping you in your personal journey towards being a better person, towards you know connecting with your God. I'm like, yeah, father, like, you're right. So I couldn't really think of anything to give up. So I said, I'm, I'm going to make a promise to myself that I'm going to meditate for at least five minutes every single morning before I get the kids. And I thought, if I have to make the wording, you know, that I'm giving up, I'm giving up five minutes of my time to meditate. That's what we'll say if anyone asks me what I'm giving up for lunch. Because we Catholics, we like to ask each other. <laughs> so, and I see a difference. I really, really see a difference. And it's allowing me to take those breaths because that's where I find my patience, in the breath, the one breath before I yell at the kid, you know, the one breath before I react.
0: You are all about being kinder to yourself, kinder to your children, Mm -hmm. setting a good example, but also kinder to yourself. What does that look like? Is it how you speak to yourself, how you take care of yourself? Is it both? I am an insanely insecure woman,
1: and I know that's so rare, right? Because we women, are <laughs> usually so secure in ourselves. Yes. As long as I can remember, I've looked in the mirror and I've picked myself apart, I, always. I've been talking about getting a new job forever. I've been talking about just like all types of plastic surgery, I'm not eating right enough because my body doesn't look a certain way. I'm not exercising enough because my body doesn't look a certain way. I think something switched in me after I had Sebastian. I look in the mirror, yeah, like my boobs are saggy, but I breastfed three children. Like I fed my children, that's amazing. And I carried three children for nine months and I had three C-sections where they tore open my abdomen to take a child out, there's scar tissue there, and it doesn't bother me. I've learned to send gratitude towards those parts of my body that I used to think were shameful, that I I just wanted to change. My nose, since I've been 13, I've been, as soon as I have enough money to get a nose job and getting a nose job, I noticed my two older boys kind of have my nose. And I'm like, in pictures when they get older, I want us to have the same news. Physically, I used to be really hard on myself. And I'm not going to say that I'm, I'm completely great with myself now. No, I still have days where I criticize myself. But I've learned to have kinder thoughts about myself. And number one, I don't criticize myself out loud anymore. I used to do it all the time. But I don't do it for a few reasons. It's super annoying to other people. No one wants to hear about how you think you're ugly. Not of interest to anyone. Two, I know my boys are listening and I don't want them to think that that's how girls are. I want them to respect women and not to think that we're shallow and that all we value is our physical selves. I do not verbalize my insecurities anymore. And I've noticed that if I don't say it out loud, I don't think it as much. I'm proud to have mother, three kids, and I'm proud of this body. Like I said, I, I send gratitude towards it instead of criticizing it. I think one of my my biggest insecurities is I'm afraid that people aren't going to think I'm smart. They're going to be like, oh, that was just so stupid what she just said, or can you believe she just said that? I've been trying to stop that and saying like, no, Nicole, no one's thinking about you and the conversation that you had two days ago and how you misspoke about act Like nobody's thinking about that. And sort of just allowing myself to like let that go has really helped my anxiety. I've been way, way kinder to myself as I should be, and uh, and it's been great. I didn't just leave a job; I I shifted like my, my whole life. I made a complete change all around. So I, because I wanted to make it worth it, I wasn't going to leave my job and then slip into the same depression any anxieties that I had while I was there. I was not going to allow that to happen. This is what I dreamt of. This is my goal to be here with my kids. And I was going to change my mindset. So like you said, like I read a bunch of books. I listen to podcasts. I surround myself with positive people. And I force myself to not speak in a certain way. Because if I don't speak it, then I find that I, I don't think it. I'm, it's, like, it's like I'm perpetuating it if I, if I keep speaking it, speaking about it. I just feel like something in me changed. I felt like I went from a, the, the scared girl in me. She's gone. She's not there anymore. Like I am a lioness. I am a woman and I'm owning it. Incredible. Oh
0: no, you're incredible. You're incredible. <laughs> now we're coming to the most important segment. Okay. The silly but equally important questions. Okay. Okay. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. What is your favorite day of the week?
1: Well, um, <laughs> favorite day of the week.
0: Don't say Saturday. Monday. Oh thank God.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's Saturday because Josh is home all day. We're not thinking about him going back to work on Monday. We have a day. We get to sleep in a tiny bit more. Not much more, but a tiny bit more. We get to eat breakfast as a family. We get to plan our day, but it's just family time. I will say my – this isn't your question at all, but I'm just going to answer it. My <laughs> second favorite, and I was thinking about this recently. It's not quite my favorite. Saturday is still my favorite day, but Sundays are definitely my second favorite, and they used to be one of my worst year days because I was always thinking about going back to work. can't believe I have to go back to work already tomorrow. I'm not ready. I'm not ready to see this person. I'm not ready to deal with this situation. Not ready to leave my kids. And I don't think about that at all. I'm like looking forward to Monday. And I've never I can't remember a time in my life where I've ever looked forward to a Monday ever.
0: What color brings you the most joy?
1: Yellow. Ooh. Yeah. Since I was a kid. Since I was a kid. Um. Yellow's always been my favorite color. Yellow is my signature color.
0: Oh, I um, love that you have a signature color.
1: <laughs> but I love it. I've always loved it. Probably because it's the color that reminds me of sunshine, and I've always loved to be in the sun, be in the sunshine, be outside.
0: <laughs> okay. Very last question. Mm-hmm. What would you rather do? Suck on a lime or suck on a lemon?
1: Lemon, oh, because it's are yellow.
0: Gross. <laughs> wow, I guess
1: so. I didn't think about that. No, limes are gross.
0: Really? Um, no, yeah. limes are delicious.
1: No, I don't care for them. I really don't. But I do like l. Li- I do like lemon. So yeah, that doesn't bother me.
0: <laughs> I dig it. Perfect. <laughs> All right, Nicole, thank you so much for joining me on Happy Hunters. Your commitment to joy and modeling that for your family is beyond inspiring. Thank you so much for including me in this.
1: You have no idea what role you've played in changing my life. And I can't thank you enough, really, really and truly.
0: Nicole's perspective is so honest and refreshing. Can you relate to making decisions based on money instead of happiness? When was the time you wanted to make a change but didn't because of fear? How can you invite in more kindness and gratitude into your life? Would you consider incorporating a breathing practice, mantra, or some other way to invite in more peace? Head over to Happy Hunter's podcast discussion group on Facebook to share your experiences, connect with others, inspire, and empower. We appreciate you tuning in and hope you got as much out of this episode as we did. We are a brand new podcast and could use your help so others can find the show. Please subscribe, leave a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you are listening. Find us over on Instagram at Molly and Jonathan and follow our YouTube channel, Our Tiny Mess. If you know a happy someone who we should interview... Head to slash happy hunters to nominate them or yourself. You can also support this show by supporting our sponsors.